Thank you for being here. My name is Daniel, one of the pastors here. Um, we have been going through, we just started a, a series in the Psalms. Uh, we're call, calling a, a Easter Songs. And again, we think this is a continuation as we think about songs and again, the, the song that God puts on our heart, especially after Easter. Uh, we're going through various Psalms um, over the next eight weeks or so. So thank you for joining us for that. Well, this morning, the sermon begins, or the passage begins with a blessing. Typically, it's at the end of a service, every Sunday, we leave with a blessing. But it happens to be the first words of our passage this morning, a familiar one. It's the ironic blessing, the blessing pronounced by Aaron and his sons upon the people of Israel in Numbers chapter 6. You may have heard it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. It is perhaps the most famous blessing in the Bible given by God to Moses and Aaron while the Israelites were in the wilderness. It's a prayer known as the priestly blessing that is still recited daily in the synagogue in Israel by Jews today. It is used in liturgy by Catholics and Anglicans and Lutherans and I would say uh, Presbyterians as well. Spoken over congregations and less liturgical services too. And certainly you've heard this particular blessing in our service, at the end of our services. Well, the first line we read in Psalm 67 is... <laughs> A cover. It's meant to generate a laughter, but it's not doing that. Uh, it's a cover. If you were here, thank you. It's a cover for a blessing found in Numbers chapter 6. And again, it's funny because Brad preached it last week. Right? He was being strange and said, you know, uh, one chapter is a cover for another chapter in a previous section, and it's a cover for, you know, it's pretty similar when you look through 67. It's a cover for a blessing found in Numbers chapter 6 that is a cover for a blessing in chapter 12. You know, you can find the idea of blessing all throughout the Old Testament, from Jacob to Isaac, to Abraham, to Noah, all the way back to Adam. I'm not going to start singing. Trust me, you don't want me to do that. I'll leave the singing to Brad. But it's a song. You know, again, you read through Psalm 67, and it says, to the choir master, a psalm, a, a song. The psalmist rearranges the blessings of Numbers chapter 6 and takes the middle section of that benediction to begin the first verse of 67 of the book of Psalm. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. At the conclusion of our services here on Sundays, we don't just say you're dismissed or see you later. 
The word benediction comes from the Latin good word. The word bene or the word diction, these two words that mean good words or, or gospel words, a promise, a, a prayer in our departing. And as you've often heard me say, we all need a good word. Perhaps because you received bad news, whether it's bad news from a doctor or perhaps suffered great loss, maybe we've suffered financially, or there's dysfunction in our family, or there's turmoil at work, maybe this is a difficult season of life. Maybe it feels like the wheels are falling off. And especially in times like this, we need a good word. We need the echo of a good work, a good word when we're in the valley, in the valley of the shadow of death. But what is this good word? What are we talking about when we ask God for a blessing on us? When we ask God's blessing on us, we've heard someone say, I've been blessed by God, usually in relation to success or health or wealth or family or a job. We've even heard athletes say this after winning a big game. We all want to be under God's blessing. We all want to be blessed. But let me ask this morning, what does it mean to be blessed? Certainly, a blessing is more than just good thoughts. It's more than just a don't worry, be happy, or everything is going to be all right, or put out positive vibes, or positive thoughts, and positiv positivity will return to you. It can't be just wishful thinking, because you and I both know that that's not very comforting. It just isn't enough. A blessing in the Bible emphasizes that it is the Lord who blesses the people and does for them what they cannot do for themselves. So again, referring to Numbers chapter 6, three times the name of God, Adonai, is mentioned. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. One of the first things we have to realize when we read sections like this is that the blessings are the blessings of a loving father who loves to give good gifts to his children. In this short blessing, the name of God is mentioned three times, emphasizing the fact that all the blessing we receive come from the Lord himself. He is the source of all goodness and all blessing. It's God. It's God who does it. John Calvin, the great reformer, says that, well, blessing is the act of God's genuine generosity because of the abundance of all good things that come to us from His favor as their only source. God gives good things. God is the one who sweetens every moment. He is the one who sweetens every care, sweetens every day with the abundance of good things that only He can bring. So the question, why does God bless us? I'd like to give three very short reasons why God blesses us. 
As difficult as life seems and is, we are reminded of the echo of this blessing in Romans chapter 8 that tells us that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Perhaps Paul is sitting with Numbers chapter 6 right in front of him, God promising and pledging to bring good even out of our trouble, even out of our woe, the things that we would call wretched. God says, good will come, and that's what it means for God to bless. I have often preached this section. I have often preached Genesis 12 and said, God doesn't just bless us. God doesn't bless us for us, and I, I'm going to take that back and say there are times when God does bless us for our good. And I love that about the way God blesses. He does it for our benefits. The language of blessing is laced through the book of Psalms, and it's laced through chapter 67. It begins and ends with blessing. May God be gracious to us. May God be gracious to us and bless us. Make his face to shine upon us. Verse 6, the earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. Verse 7, God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. And again, when I read through the Psalms, again, I'm going to be a little selfish and say, yes, there are times when God does work for our benefit, for our good for our blessing. He blesses us for our benefits. I mean, just think about it for a second. Would you just pause a moment and think about all the many blessings in your life? Just close your eyes and think about all the things that God has blessed you with, even the ones that don't seem like blessings, even the ones that have no way it looks like a blessing, even those things God has blessed us. God has blessed us with many things. I mean, as I said, the Bible is, the Old Testament is laced with blessings from God. Deuteronomy 28, verse 8 says, The Lord will send a blessing on your barns, on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in a land he is giving you. That sounds like blessing. The Psalms especially are filled with pages and pages of the blessings that God gives. Psalm 128, verse 2, you will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. And let me just add by saying, God, the God that we believe and the God we love is a God who loves to bless. I mean, think about it. God loves to bless. God loves to give good gifts. God is generous. He's hospitable. He's merciful. He's gracious. I mean, you think about the Old Testament, and you look at Genesis particularly, and you see the ways that God blesses. Again, there is a word going to follow all the way to the first book of the Bible. So God created and great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems, every winged bird, every, and God saw that it was good, and God, what does it say? God blessed them. Every time God blesses, it's a gift of grace. The word for bless or blessing is so crucial, it's used over 400 times in the Old Testament alone. Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, then after the flood, God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. 
The story is Genesis chapter 12. God begins with God asking, uh, Genesis 12 begins with God asking Abraham to move to a new land. He doesn't tell them where, he just tells them to go. At uh, 75 years of age, God asks Abraham to move to a land that I will show you. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. And I will make your name great. The God that we believe, the God that we know, is a God who loves to bless. And when he gives, he gives not just out of his riches, but he gives according to his riches. Now, just think about it this way. A rich person might give you $10 out of his riches, but when he gives you a million, he gives you according to his riches. And that is what God does with us. He gives according to his riches. Praise God. And not just physical things and not just material things, but God gives us spiritual things. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 14, one, run, one long run-on sentence. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. And then it goes on with what those are. I mean, it's just a long run-on sentence with blessing after blessing after blessing. So am I wrong to say that God blesses us for our benefit? No, because the scriptures are, as I mentioned, laced with this idea that God blesses those he loves. That God is a generous God. He's a God who loves to give good gifts to his children. He doesn't hold back. He, he gives and he gives. He blesses them. And what's fascinating when we read this, again, he, the psalmist is quoting Numbers chapter 6. And again, if you remember the context, God gives instruction to Aaron as the priest of Israel during the time of the Exodus to bless the people in this form. And given this blessing in the desert. And if you remember the Israelites in the desert, they weren't always obedient. They were complaining. They were bitter. And uh, if you remember this particular scene, again, they were, if you remember, they were crafting, they were constructing a golden calf to worship, and an idol to worship in the desert, right at the base of Mount Sinai. And even still, and even yet, God blesses them. God blesses them and says to Aaron, give them this particular blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Even in the midst of their rebellion, even in the midst of their sin, God offers these words of comfort. In spite of their rebellious heart, despite their sin, he shows grace he gives blessings because he doesn't want us to forget. It is not our works. It's not by what we do we merit some sort of favor with God. It's despite the fact. It's despite the fact that we 
that we choose to follow our own flesh and we choose to live in sin, that he shows grace anyways. And that's why I think the psalmist, or I think the, uh, the ironic blessing found in Numbers chapter 6 emphasizes the Lord three times so that we never forget that. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. The Lord bless you and keep you. It's the Lord who does it. It's the, it's the Lord who gives his blessing. You see, God's grace humbles our pride, saying, you deserve my judgment, but I'm going to give you my favor instead. Grace means that we get blessing that we do not deserve. We cannot earn grace, or it becomes a wage, not grace. We deserve God's judgment for our sins, but he gives us a free pardon and eternal life through Jesus Christ who pays our debt. So friends, believe me and believe the word that says God blesses us for our benefit. But I don't want to stop there. What if, what if God blesses us not just for our benefit. Not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of others. It's spelled out in the blessing that God gives to Abraham. You have been blessed. What does he say? To be a blessing. Another emphasis in this psalm, in addition to praising God for saving and blessing Israel, there's this robust concern for people of other nations and the task of God's people to bring the good news about their God to the other inhabitants of the planet. Again, God's people are blessed to be a blessing unto the nations. What if the blessing that God gives was never intended just to be for ourselves? What if God is not saying, Bless me just so that I can be comfortable. What if God is not saying, bless me so I don't have to work very hard to make a living? What if he's not saying, bless me so that others will be envious of me? Or bless me so I can be successful in the eyes of the world? What if God is saying, perhaps the reason you've been blessed is so that you might be a blessing unto others? God's blessings were never meant to be hoarded. He means for us to be blessed so that, and those are some key words, so that we can give it away. Back in the day when I was doing youth ministry, way, way back in the day when I was doing youth ministry uh, in Dallas, Texas, I remember a lot of the moms of the youth would cook these gigantic meals and would send me home with like bags and bags of spaghetti and jars and jars of spaghetti sauce and all this garlic bread. And I just, I kept on thinking, how am I going to eat all this? But I think I, I didn't get it until maybe now. <laughs> it was so that I would give it away. And sometimes we think that all the blessings that we have were meant to be for us. That it was to be just for our benefit, but God's blessings are never to be hoarded. It is meant to be given away, and when we give it away, we are blessed all over again. And so God blesses you again, and so you give it away, and then he blesses you again, and you give it away again. 
God intends to bless the world through the giving of his son who loved us and died for us and rose again and ascended into heaven and one day will return to the earth. Between now and then we live between his first and second coming. He has blessed us abundantly and eternally in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so our job description looks something like this. Keep giving away what God has given you, knowing that you can never give away more than he gives you. I mean, think about the first line from the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Flow. It never stops. It keeps coming. And if we believe that, if we believe that God is a generous father, that God continues to give as we give, then we can afford to be generous. If we believe that that God is generous, and we can give away our resources. If we believe that God gives and gives and gives, and we cannot outspend God, then we cannot be stingy, and we can't hoard our blessings. And we'll, we'll look for ways to share the good news. And again, the weird thing about this is the, the more you give away, the more you receive. And that's why in the book of Acts, it says, uh, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Our God is in the business of blessing. He always planned to bless the whole world through the nation of Israel. And when they failed, he blessed the nations through Jesus. In other words, the psalmist is not simply looking at his blessings from God in terms of his own self-interest, but thanking God for that bounty. But the psalmist is using the occasion of this reflection on God's bounty to him as the opportunity to turn his eyes on the needs of the nations. God blesses us so that we might bless the nations. God blesses us so that we might be a blessing. But friends, let me keep going. God doesn't just bless us for our benefit, which he does, which I have explain and try to argue from Scripture that God blesses us in every way, physical and material and emotional and spiritual. He gives us everything we need and then more. But He doesn't just do it for our benefit, but for the benefit of those around us, for the benefit of others. But again, I don't want to stop there because, again, it's not just God gives so that we can give, right? It's not I have so I have to give. It's not just all those things that are in my possession I'm supposed to share with others. Because, again, we can take that as a very humanitarian type of, of, of purpose and see this as just a, a humanitarian or a good thing to do. That because I have so much, perhaps... It's called me to give so much to others. The world does that as well. And I might even argue even better than the church. We cannot stop there. It cannot be just that God blesses us or that God blesses us for the sake of others. But I think that God blesses us for the sake of his glory. By all means, God blesses us and gifts us so that we might serve and bless others, but still 
this is not the underlying, I think, the fundamental reason for God's blessing. God blesses us first and foremost so that we might bring glory to his name. God blesses us so that we might glorify his name among the nations. We must never limit seeking God's blessing to selfish requests. God bless me with wife and children, a family, a house, better car, good job, so that I will be happy. Those things might be legitimate requests. But the prayer should be that God would bless you with those things so that you and your family and all of your belongings may be used to further God's glory among the nations. And I love this because the psalmist is devoted to God's glory. He longs to see not only himself and his children and his children's children enjoying the bounty of God. He longs to see the nations enjoying that bounty as well. And so this is the occasion of God's blessing to him. This occasion of his having a good crop, having a good harvest season, preparing for a long and prosperous winter because the occasion for him to lift up this missionary petition for the sake of the peoples of the whole world. This particular psalmist gets it. It wasn't just for Israel's sake, so that Israel might be a powerful nation, so that Israel might be known among the nations. But he saw something. The psalmist records for us something that's so profound here. It's for the glory of God that all the nations might enjoy the benefits of God's salvation for the sake of all peoples so that every tribe and every tongue, every people group, every language, everyone who looks different than you and me might give praise and glory to God. That God's glory among the nations might be lifted up and so this petition is being lifted up. Lord, we want every tribe and tongue and people and nation to come before you and praise you because of what you've done. It's a longing for the salvation of the nations. It's a longing that the nations who, have been, who uh, would, be, would be saved and turn and praise God. Let the peoples praise you. Let all the peoples praise you. He is not primarily saying, bless me, or bless me so I can bless others. Psalm 67 is a missionary psalm. It could be viewed as a song of thanksgiving for a fruitful harvest, yes, but in a, in a closer inspection of the psalm, it is a prayer that God would bless Israel so that the world can be inspired to come to know the same God that we know. It's a call for disciples of God to be blessed, not only for our own pleasure, but so our joy in God will reflect his glory to the nations. You see, worshipers of God should not view blessings as rewards, because blessings are not always to bless us. They come to us not for what we have done, but for what God has done for us. The purpose of God's blessing is to bring glory to himself. It is so others in the world would see God more clearly. This beautiful song 
Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. This psalmist got it. And as we read this, may your heart be inflamed for the glory of God, that your gladness in him, that your joy in him might be a way, a witness of the glory of God among the nations. That the nations be glad. God bless us so that others might be blessed. Lord, bless us so that all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Let's pray. The word is replete with promises and proclamations of your blessing to us. Lord, you know what we need and you provide it. Lord, you know what we deserve. And God, you give us grace and mercy instead. Lord, you know we are deserving of death and yet you give life. Once a people living in darkness and yet you tell us that you have given us light and hope. But God, we thank you, Lord, that, um, that you have a way of blessing us, that others might be blessed, Lord, through us. But we pray, Lord, for the ultimate goal of missions so that all the nations of the earth might give you glory as well, that they too would rejoice and be glad as we are. We thank you for this, as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.